for what was right. And now the Jews and the religious folk have come against him. They've come against him and they've started an uproar. And they've went to the house of Jason and they assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. So apparently this Jason is where the house of Jason is where the uh, Paul and Silas was staying. This is who was keeping him and helping him. And now they've started an uproar and they've right to where the Lord is. That's what the, I wrote this down. That's what Satan does. Wherever the Lord is, wherever the power of God is, wherever a difference is being made, that's where Satan's going to attack. Every time I get spiritual, that's where Satan wants to attack. If he started seeing people getting saved at Mount Vernon, you best believe he's going to be attacking. So if we're not feeling attacked from God, it's because we're not standing, or attacked from Satan, it's because we're not standing up for the Lord. If you're standing up for the Lord, you will be attacked. You'll be attacked on all sides. Verse 6, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things, and when they had taken security of Jason and they... And of the other, they let them go. Verse number 10. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night unto uh, Beret, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those of Thessalonica. And they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men, not a few. So here they have, he's went into Beret and these people have received him more openly than they did in Thessalonica. These people, more, more of the people that's there has received the message of Jesus that he's bringing and there's a whole bunch of them believing. So they're still in an uproar over here in Thessalonica. They're still in an uproar because the leadership has, has put them in an uproar basically. And uh, now they've moved on because they're in such an uproar. They've went to the next town trying to follow the leadership of the Lord. And when they get there, they're, they're a whole lot more open-minded. In verse 13, but when the, uh, when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came up thither and stirred up the people. So they went, Paul wasn't even in the town where they was from. Paul wasn't even in the same place, but they were so upset. And I wrote it down there again, Satan's attack. He went somewhere else, and he went to trying to tell somebody else about Jesus. And when they accepted him, then Satan come attacking. It's no time to quit when Satan comes attacking. It's time to stand up for Jesus. Just keep standing up. And then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go as it were to see. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still. So when they come attacking, Paul was their leader. And when they was coming to attack, they seen that they was going to attack Paul, and they sent Paul away. So they sent Paul away by himself. This whole time he had had two or three with him. And it's easy. I thought it's easy when we're sitting in the church house to stand up for Jesus. 
It's easy when we're sitting in here to stand up and say, thank God for what He's done for me. Thank God for saving me. But when we get down at the job place and there ain't nobody else around us that's born again, there ain't nobody else talking about Jesus, it's a a little bit harder to stand up and say, thank God for what He's done. Hey, and you must be born again if you're going to go to heaven. It becomes a little bit harder. It becomes a little bit tougher. And I'm afraid that most of us don't do it because we're sitting back waiting on an open door. You ain't got to wait on an open door. Make one. You can, go, you can bring Jesus up. If you go with Papa or Butch, either one, they're going to bring up Jesus to somebody who was talking nothing about Jesus. That's something to be learned from. If you've never been out to eat with either one, I'm go with them. Go with them and see. But we don't have to wait on an open door. You don't have to wait on God to say, hey, talk to them. We should be talking to everybody. We should be standing up for Jesus everywhere we go, even when we're by ourselves. Stand up for the Lord. <clears throat> and they that conducted... Paul brought him into Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed they departed. So Paul has got to Athens and he sent word for Timotheus and Silas to come to him. But right now he's by himself. So here he has, he sent word and they're coming to him. It says, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city given to idolatry. I highlighted that. It said his spirit was stirred in him. When he seen the sin, when he seen the state that Athens was in, his spirit was stirred in him because them people was worshiping idols. Them people was going in the wrong direction and if they're worshiping idols, they're headed for hell. They didn't know Jesus. They wasn't serving Jesus. Nobody in this town knew who Jesus was and they was headed straight for hell and his spirit was stirred in him. I believe that Paul was close to God in order for his spirit to be stirred in him. When we get close to God, when we see somebody living in sin, our spirit will be stirred. And I'm afraid that us as the modern day church, we're not stirred anymore. We don't care anymore. We can go out in the world and see them getting drunk over here and see them uh, dress like uh, uh, with nothing on and all this sin and all this stuff and we don't even care. We don't think nothing about it because we've just grown used to it. I want to be stirred by it. I don't want the world to be like this. I want to be stirred. I want the power of God in me that says, hey, say something to them. Do something. Tell them about Jesus. We should be stirred when we see somebody living like hell. We should have a stirring. Y'all wait. Amen. Amen. We got to stand up for Jesus. I'm preaching on standing up for Jesus. That means say amen. Get excited. This is as dry as it's been in a long time. You're right. We're on Easter hangover. We should be stirred for Jesus. We just celebrated Jesus coming out of the grave. He died for my sins and for your sins. And we just sit here like a knot on a log. And the man saying, stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus when we're in the church. Stand up for Jesus when we're out of the church. Stand up for Jesus so that our lost family might get saved. You know, we could be the reason that our family's not saved because we ain't stood up for him. That could be me. I could be the reason that my friend Matthew's not here tonight because I ain't stood up for Jesus enough. Because I ain't stood up every opportunity I've got. I don't want it to be my fault somebody ends up in hell. It'll be their own choice. I believe God will give them an opportunity, but we got to stand up for him. We've got to stand up for him. We've got to make a noise. We've got to make a difference. We've got to get stirred in our spirit that the world is dying and going to hell. Low gap is dying and going to hell. And we don't care. 
Nobody cares. We're just going to work. I told Butch a few minutes ago, I despise going to work and think about building roads. I just want to knock on somebody's door. I just want to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't want to get my mind on the job. I want to get my mind on the Lord. That's what I want to do. I'm stirred. I want us all to be stirred and excited. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of Epicurus and of the Stoics encountered him and said, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. I looked these up. That Epicurus, they was followers, or Epicureans, they was followers of Epicurus. And he taught his followers not to believe in any God. He said that there wasn't any God. That there was no God. And uh, looking it up, it said that's where the whole theology of if it feels good, do it. That's where that came from, was them. It came from Epicurus. And then the Stoics, they was followers of Zeno. And he believed in multiple gods. This is Greek mythology. All these gods, I don't even know all their names, Zeus and all that. That's where this has came from. And uh, he taught them that, that man should not enjoy life's pleasures and to show no emotions. So he was exactly the opposite of the Epicureans. So this is the two, the two things, the two idols that they were worshiping here. This is what Paul found when he went into Athens. <clears throat> and they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying... May we know that this new doctrine whereof thou speakest. That Areopagus, this is, this is where the whole message comes from. Areopagus is also known as Mars Hill. And it refers to it as Mars Hill here in a minute. But that Areopagus is the rock of Ares. And Ares is the Greek god of war. So they have took Paul. Paul has come into this place. They're worshiping idols. They're doing things that they shouldn't be. And he's right by himself. He had had back up and now he's right by himself and he was stirred in his spirit because of what he found. So they took him, uh, It's basically down here at the market, down here where they're addressing the people and they was teaching their doctrines and teaching to worship idols and all these things and they've took him to uh, the rock of Ares. This is where they've took him. For, and then verse 20 it says, For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know therefore what these things mean. For all... The Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. So here Paul is. Paul is standing on the rock of Ares. This is the Greek god of war. And this is a place that's called the Rock of Ares. So he's sitting in their home court. He's sitting, he's standing on enemy territory. He's standing on on their main god. This is their god of war. This is the one that helps them to fight. So he's here and he's standing on enemy territory. He's standing right where they could destroy him. And he's standing there right by himself. 
And this is where the whole message come from. Even though that he was standing in enemy territory, he still rebuked them. He come against them. He wasn't afraid of what they was going to do to him. Just a few chapters before, Paul had been stoned for standing up for truth. And now he's standing on the rock of the Greek god of war. And he's standing up for truth again. There was a zeal in Paul that I don't have. There was a zeal in Paul that modern day Baptists don't have. There's a zeal in Paul that modern day Pentecostals don't have. He stood up in their territory and still proclaimed the gospel. He stood up and told them that I perceive that in all such things ye are too superstitious. Your foolishness. This stuff that you're believing is just superstition. And it's not God. It's not of God. He was standing right here by Himself. You know, there's going to be times that we're going to have to stand up right by ourselves. We're going to have to have a zeal. We're going to have to have an excitement. We're going to have to have a stirring in our spirit if we're ever going to stand. If we're ever going to stand, we can't care about what they're going to do to us. I believe Paul, when he was standing here, I believe he remembered Stephen. I believe he was thinking about Stephen and how Stephen had finished the race. How Stephen, all the way unto death, wasn't mad at him, but was still proclaiming Jesus. I need that fire inside of me. We need that fire inside of our church. We need that fire outside in the world that no matter what they say or what they do, we're still going to stand up for the Lord. We're still going to stand up and tell them that you can't go to heaven living in sin. we got to tell them that you must be born again. And we got to tell them, even though the churches may come against us, you got to live right to die right and not, not back down because that's something we're going to stand alone on. There ain't nobody else going to preach that, but we're going to. As long as the Lord will help me and as long as I can, I'm going to preach. you got to live right to die right. I don't care what they think. We're going to preach it and we're going to stand on it if we have to stand alone. Verse 23, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though He indeed, as though He needed anything, seeing He giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation they that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from us every uh, far from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said for we are also of his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's devices. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteous by that man whom he hath 
ordained, wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men that he hath raised him from the dead. He said before you didn't know, before you was in ignorance, but now there is no ignorance. Now there's no excuse for ignorance because he said he had raised, uh, in the first book of Acts, he said that he had raised the Lord up and he had shown himself alive by many infallible proofs. There was no doubt that Jesus was alive. There is no doubt that Jesus is alive. I, I jotted this one down, Romans 12, 3. For I say, though the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to God, hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Um, right there it said that he had giveth, he had given all uh, assurance unto all men. I believe that he's given every man the ability to believe in God. I don't believe he made man and didn't give them the ability to believe. Before it was in ignorance, but now we have the ability and he's give us all assurance that Jesus is alive and that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. We can look back at the Old Testament and all the prophecies about Jesus all the way from uh, starting at Genesis chapter 3. It prophesied that Jesus was going to come as the Savior of the world and now we have no excuse for not believing in him other than we choose not to. That's the only excuse there is for not believing in Jesus is that we choose not to. And we got to stand up for this truth. Whether we're standing by ourselves, whether anybody believes us or not, here Paul, he's preached a whole message and told them about the goodness of God and he's the only one there that believes this. He's the only one there that believes anything that he just said. <clears throat> 32, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said... We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain man, certain men clave unto him and believed. Among the which was Dionysus and Arapagati and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So it said, Howbeit certain men clave and came unto him and believed. So because Paul stood up for the truth, because Paul stood up even when he is by himself, even though that he stood in danger of being stoned and stoned to death and killed and he didn't have nobody to back him up and he didn't have a church surrounding him and he wasn't able to call the preacher to come and talk to his lost friends for him. That's what we do. We just wait on the preacher to come do it. But Paul stood and he stood alone. Paul didn't have nobody and this is what we need to be. We need to be prepared to stand alone when, we, when we're on our friend's deathbed or our husband or our wife's deathbed and they ain't never made a profession of faith and there's no time for the preacher to get there. We need to be able to stand spirit-filled knowing the Word of God and lead them to the Lord. Even when we got to stand alone because we're going to have to. That's the call of God on our life is to stand up and to stand on the truth. So that we can have power and so that our friends and family and the whole world could be saved. And it said that and some believed. So even though he was standing alone, even though that he was the only one there believed it. And there was a whole bunch that didn't, but some did. But some did. And that's what we got to stand for is that some. That some. We can't give up, can't quit, can't just give, throw in the towel because everybody ain't getting saved. We got to do it for some. I'm going to keep standing for some. I'm going to keep putting effort in. I'm going to keep giving up my pleasures for my flesh and doing what i got to do to see somebody saved. If i got to stand alone, I plan to stand. I plan to keep standing. If I'm standing in enemy territory, I plan to keep standing. If the Lord being my helper, He ain't going to leave us. He said He'll never leave us nor forsake us, and He'll always be there. He'll stand with us. we just got to stand. 
This week when we go to work, stand. This week when you go to work, tell somebody that you must be born again. Jesus lived and died and was raised again for us. Amen? <laughs> oh, that's all I got. <sighs> Right now. 